and welcome back to another episode of JP and the Beanstalk. Guess what? Jerkwad is back from Florida. <sighs> Not even sunburn, suckers. <laughs> that is impressive. Yeah, I mean, I uh, two years ago when I went to Florida, uh, I, I did get uh, more than a more than a kid bit baked on the on the skin peats, and so invested during that journey in a couple of long sleeve summer shirts. So worth it. So worth it. So took them with me on this trip. I mean, they got a full hood and everything. Do I look like a loser? Maybe, but not sunburn, which at the ripe. Ripe age of the mid thirties, I'm strangely okay with. So the sacrifice is worth it. I'm in, and I'm back, back in Iowa, back in the chair. I mean, I feel smaller than ever knowing that Saul has sat in this chair. He sat in the lawn chair. What a huge person! What a great guy. Yes, this is true. This is true. Yeah, still happily married, which is great. Keep it up. He's going that's, strong. That's not a surprise. One month way, in, not to imply One month anything. in or less than a month? Isn't it a month? Sorry, in, month. That, in that range. Let's let's just round up. Let's say it's been a month. Let's say it's been a month. Yep. Keep rolling, baby. That's great. Got a boy. Yep. The wife and I crossed the ten year threshold, so that was the the cause for the Florida for excursion. Ten a whole years. Decade, a whole decade. So uh, I tell everybody, listen, if this ever crashes and burns, I'm just going to tell you in advance, it's not her fault. Take her side. <laughs> No. At least we know up front. Right, right. No, it's been a solid. It's been a glorious 10 years. Absolutely love it. So it was a treat to celebrate in Florida. Um, it was tough to see the uh, the hurricane devastation, and the hurricane was all the way back like last September, October. Yeah, so that's down there. It is. It is. Southwest Florida, the Fort Myers area, still pretty tough. So certainly feel for the business owners there, and they, uh, they're a long ways away from getting anywhere back to normal. So yeah, suck it, mom and dad. That's right, Darren and Riley's mom. I can't remember your mom's Amy. name. Amy. Amy. All right. She's Amy. not going to listen to this. Well, okay. Fair enough. I, I feel less worse. But it's great to be back and potting. And we're in the thick of it. We're right in the middle of the summer meat. Not heat, but the meat. I mean, just movie after movie, oh banger after banger for us to just consume. The smorgasbord is here and, and we're feasting. Left and right. Wow. Man. It's just like wow. getting punched over and over again. But what a great way to get punched. It's right? true. Just out of love, right? Yeah, maybe it's like kisses then. I... Okay. I can't believe I can't believe this is actually a sport. I'm going to explain this to you and unless you were aware of it beforehand, you're not going to believe me when I tell you it's a sport. Alright? So... Scale back here, right? I like to say there's a good energy in the gym as a way to just pay homage to one of my favorite movies of all time, Dodgeball. Hilarious movie. Dumb and hilarious. Okay. ESPN, the Ocho, is the fictional branch of ESPN or alternate channel of ESPN that televises the Dodgeball Championships, right? One of the best scenes in a great movie filled with great scenes is the intro to ESPN, the Ocho, where it's showing obscure sports, okay? And I remember there's a squirrel riding on a jet ski. There's uh, there's definitely people on fire. And then there's another one where two dudes have like whips and they're just whipping each other back and forth, all right? So in that vein, I was shown by a friend of mine earlier this week 
that there is a actual real live and also televised sport of people just straight up slapping each other. Oh, yeah. You knew about this? Yeah, I told Cole he should do it. True. True. He would be successful. I can't believe it. I can't believe I saw it. It's just two guys, you know, or, or gals, right? Standing on either side of a table, having to stand completely still while the other person, this is my this is my favorite part. Okay. So the other person gets to like put their hand really close to the face, line it up, line it up. So there's this like build up through the moment. It's not even just a full talk. It's a one. Two and then scale back and just smoke the person with an open hand. And there are some big, strong-looking individuals that are going full steam ahead with those shots. It's intense. And they're all chalked up, too. So when they smoke each other, it just poofs up. Like just somebody went off on a cocaine binge. Just a cloud right against the cheek. And some of these... Highlights, if you want to call them that, felt more like low lights. People are getting knocked out. Yeah. Just knocked unconscious. I seriously thought I had transferred into an alternate multiversal dimension where ESPN The Ocho is now mainstream and very real as opposed to fictional. So it was hilarious and also just, who does that? Yeah, that's not something I would volunteer for. I understand like MMA and like boxing. You have an opportunity to defend yourself. Yeah. This is just open season on your face. Yeah, you're just standing there. Seems dumb. Although to be fair, I don't think any of them have very pretty faces. You know what? So it's okay if they consistent theme, and I don't think it was because of the slap. Uh yeah, the enduring of slaps. I think it was a pre prerequisite of sorts. So we're out. We can't go. This we can't true. join. My face We've is got way faces too for podcasts. We've got to keep and <laughs> we got to keep those pretty and visual YouTube esque faces. Yeah, exactly, exactly. But who? Here's a question for you. Mm-hmm. Okay, yeah. if we've we've hypothesized a time or two about what it would take, what what the price would be for you or for I to. Join the the Marvel or DC, you know, movie making or show making team, and I've always said my price is extraordinarily low. Just to be a part of it would be a delight. Let's say, okay, you were offered a cool million, but you had to take a slap in order to receive the million from whom? Exactly, exactly. Which. Okay, I'm going to give you a choice. I'm not going to say I need it. Because if it's my pick, I'm going to pick like I know. some favorites. Tiny. No, you can't do that. Dave Bautista, all right? Drax the Destroyer. WWE guy, okay. Yep. WWE. Uh, Jason Momoa. Pretty beefy fella. Okay. Okay. Chris Hemsworth. Okay. All right. And can I come up with a fourth? Those are three pretty good ones so far. I feel really good about that. But I feel like there's a fourth that I'm going to be upset if I don't think of it. Hmm. No, that's the three I got. Okay. Mola, Hemsworth, Batista. Batista's out. Correct. I'm not taking a hit from Batista. That dude is actually Jack. You'll have a million, and it'll be going with you to the grave. I know he knows how to hit. Correct. Yeah. Yes. Sure, he did fake wrestling for a while, but I, I know for a fact if it got down to a fight, I'd be dead. 
Yeah, the real the bruises are real that those guys take. Like they take they take some actual skill to go full speed like that and not just crush each other constantly. Yeah. So, so if he can, can do that at full speed and hold yep. back, yep. yeah, Batista's out. I'm not taking a hit from Batista. So I, that leaves me with Hemsworth and who's the other one? Jason Momoa. Drop a little DC flavor in there. Okay, so I'm. Is this Hemsworth Thor? Thor, Thor. Yes. Okay, so beefiest Thor, Thor you've seen, not and, Fat Thor. And then we have not Ragnarok. Okay, and then we have Jason Momoa. It's Aqu- pretty consistent. Aquaman, probably. Yes. I'm thinking Aquaman in particular here. I'm going to take Momoa because I think Hemsworth. I think Hemsworth was more jacked in his prime than Momoa. I would go the other direction. I would choose Hemsworth because Momoa is a little crazy. That's true. So I, I think he would feel that crazy. Hemsworth, I just, I, I don't think he'd have it in him to actually hit me with all of his might. He seems too jolly at heart to to truly like just. That's fair. Put me under. Whereas Momoa would get an absolute kick out of it. Momoa, he's probably participated out. in these kind of activities. Probably. Yeah. Yeah. I could see him being like, okay, it's your turn to hit me now. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. I, I'm regretting my choice. That's okay. I'm regretting my choice. That's okay. But, you know, I don't, who knows? Maybe I pissed Chris Hemsworth off in another life. Yikes. Don't do that. And he's headhunting me. Don't and I do don't that. know that. Yeah. It smacks the shit out of me. Mm-hmm. So I do have one request in the contract, and that's to not know when I'm going to get hit. Mm-hmm. I don't want to know. Ooh, interesting. So kind of like the slap bet from How I Met Your Mother. Yes, I want to be Where Barney has no idea. Right. I want to be com- smoked. Yeah, I want to be completely off guard. You can do it to me while we're on set and as part of the movie and just don't write it in my part of the script. That'd be and then, a way to do it. And I just get smacked in the mouth. Mm-hmm. But I'm, he only gets one. Yep. So. Oh, correct. It is just the one shot. I would do it for that. I would do it for that. Oh. I mean, it's a crisp mill. What, yeah. what, what what am I getting out of this? What a concussion? Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's it. That. Yeah, you sore for a bit, but then you'll recover. You'll have a great story to tell, and you'll be wealthier. And I go out there for the scene, and and there's like already the foam padding, and I'm like this is odd. I wonder what's gonna happen here, Jason. Am I hitting you on the ground? No, <laughs> no. Like be serious. It's my movie. Uh, Listen here, Aqualad. <laughs> it wouldn't even be worth it to be in the movie if you're Aqualad, right? Oh, Garth is kind of cool. I don't know. I don't know. Well, maybe that's that's a top five for another day. Maybe when top he goes five, by Tempest. Top five characters where you're selling your soul to actually be in the movie. Like you're in it, but are you actually... Proud of the fact that you're in it. Yeah. Are you ashamed? But I would rather probably be Aqualad than Speedy. Okay. Again, future top five topic. I think we've got some some burgeoning material there. So that's glorious. All right. Well, per usual, we're all over the place. To get us slightly on topic, we've got two big topics to discuss today. We've got the recap of Across the Spider-Verse, which we have both separately have had the opportunity to take in and enjoy thoroughly. And then we've got The Flash, final preview and predictions. And if our track record is any indicator, the predictions are going to be wildly inaccurate, but that just makes it all the more fun to give them because then we get to put it on the record, LOL, at how seriously wrong we were. So 
not the least of which we'll discuss in the Across the Spider-Verse recap. Then, of course, another crisp JP and the Beans top five. So looking forward to that. It's going to be another absolute banger. Speaking of bangers, let's start with Spider-Verse, Riles. Banger. Banger, what'd you think? What are your overall impressions? It was really good. It was really good. It was really good. Yeah. I love how the phrase, it's a canon event, is now trending. So when something happens to somebody that's bad, they're like, it's just a canon event. I think that's hilarious that that's trending. So props to that movie. Correct. Uh, for that. Let's see here. What, we, what was I doing? I got distracted. My initial thoughts? No, that, my, that's great. I, I think... As soon as the credits rolled, totally in agreement with you, outstanding movie. As soon as the credits rolled, I started thinking about you and I discussing the movie, right? And I thought, there is so much here. I'm going to forget or not be able to recall vast majority of what could be discussed. And that is, in its own way, uh, an indictment on my memory, but also... <laughs> Extraordinary high praise to the movie. Tip, tip of the hat. Right Absolutely. There. Because when there is quality art, okay, it inspires, you know, dialogue, dissection, all the D words. Um, there is a lot to unpack, right? And so it's going to take multiple viewings across hopefully the coming years as I watch and, of course, rewatch it with, with my kids as they get old enough to consume it. Um, but what a what an absolute masterpiece in terms of just the craftsmanship that it took to and regardless I think of what avenue you want to explore whether it's the the storytelling the world building that's being done the character development that's being done the sheer visuals are unbelievable I'm really looking forward to one thing I want to get into and so I'll touch on it here we won't get too far into it but I'm looking forward to ten. To 20 years from now, seeing how animated films have been impacted by this duo, soon to be trilogy of movies. Because this came out of nowhere, the first Spider-Verse movie, in terms of the animation style. And across the Spider-Verse, following up with Into the Spider-Verse, uh, has expanded on that style to the point where, you know, when it's this good, it's going to be... It inspires imitation, right? I mean, I can only imagine the number of young graphic artists that are being blown away and inspired and can actually do something with the inspiration from this movie. It's just, it's just that good. Well, it's the only thing I've seen where it feels like the comic book is actually on screen. Yes. So if yes. they decide to do like comic book movies based on actual storylines from the comics, like this mm -hmm. in that format, I mean, possibilities are endless. Obviously, you don't have to switch up the 15 different art styles that they had in this movie. I mean, they did that because of the story, but yeah, yeah. So, just outstanding. Um, selfishly, I wish we had part three right now, because I'm impatient. So, it felt very similar to uh, when Infinity War ended, right? It's like, dang it, can we get the next part now. Right. Uh, but again, I mean that more as a compliment than anything else. So left me hungry, hungry for more.
So let's get into some details or some specifics from this movie that you really that you really enjoyed from your takeaways. Well, the new Spider-Men that they introduced into yep. this movie yep. were fantastic. I think Spider-Punk came in and like wow, like set his spot. What do I, what do I want to go with this? No, I didn't. I didn't mean to do that. But. Uh, <laughs> He kind of mic dropped, which is kind of his character sure. and it's char- his character style. He's kind of this rebel, but he came in and like his relationship with Miguel is hilarious because yes. Miguel's like, I don't want anything to do with you. And he's like, that's, that's fine. That's not what I expected, you know? Uh, yep. But he was fantastic. You had the uh, Miguel. Oh my gosh. Oscar Isaac nailed that. Role. And Agreed. to actually his Agreed. backstory in this movie where he's like, I tried and it mm-hmm. tore the universe apart. Mm-hmm. So we obviously can't do this. Mm-hmm. Um, who else was introduced in this? Obviously my favorite, which was Ben Riley, which I wish we had more Ben Riley. Wow. Andy Samberg. Andy, if you want to do a movie with me and I get to be your son, can I be your son in a movie? Straight up, like, this is my pitch. We'll come up with the whole rest of the story later. I don't care if I have five minutes. Just let me be your kid in a movie. Okay. But besides the point, that pitch aside, right? He was, he like stole the show with the, with the seven minutes of time that he had on screen. I told you before we started rolling. Outside of Hugh Jackman cast as Wolverine, there has not been a more perfect match in terms of casting of character to actor. Just oh, it's perfect. Oh my gosh, just the like over seriousness yes. of the character to the yes. point of parody. It was oh. so funny. And I was telling you earlier, I want him and Spider Ham to interact with each other so bad. Mm. And thank God we're getting Spider-Man Ham. Spider-Man Ham. Huh, that's funny. Spider-Ham and there. Spider-Man Noir yep. back in the third one. Yes. So that'll be fun. But uh, yes. man, what other, uh, Jessica Drew mm. was really good, too. That surprised me a little bit how much I liked her. Right. Just because I didn't. Because it's such a different take on yep. Jessica Drew. Yeah. Especially the, the motorcycle and the webs out of the thingies. Mm. Honestly, the webs out of the thingies was what threw me off the most. Because I'm like, whoa, whoa, not just one, all five. And I couldn't tell if that was her web shooter or if it was like, that's where they come out of. Right. Yes. Right. So that threw me off a little bit. But I liked her and like how Peter B. Parker was Miles' mentor. Like she was Gwen's mentor, essentially. So it was kind of cool to see. Those guys' dynamics as well. Yeah. And, yeah. and to they, have some compare and contrast opportunities between the Jessica and Gwen uh, mentor mentee relationship. And they really fleshed Gwen out in this movie, too. I felt like she was almost more of a main character than Miles for There was a good part of share there. There's no question. That was a real surprise in, in a positive way to me. Um, it would have been expected and very easy. For this movie to have continued to make Miles the primary main character. And if he was, it was by a margin of like 52% to 48%. Right. So it, it was a unexpected timeshare, so to speak, that was uh, extraordinarily well both executed and worthwhile. It, it didn't feel at all like a, boy, we're... We're missing out on time with Miles. 
I thought both characters, whatever they were on screen, were absolutely solid. So it was it was time well spent, regardless of who was who was receiving the focus at that point. Agreed. Yeah. And then we had uh, Spider-Man, Spider-Man India, India which, which was, was a delight. delight. <laughs> <laughs> and can, can we acknowledge probably one of the best lines in the movie? And he's like, oh, what another successful job for Spider-Man. And they all looked at him like, no! And immediately it blew up. So. It's a great pull on your part. That was a fantastic line. Fantastic line. And another great, again, casting to execution in terms of the voice acting. Like, just outstanding. I love outstanding. I love my boy Dopender. Oh, Incredible. Yeah, the uh, all the characters. I this is not a movie that I that I could come up with because I am such a boring. I tend to be a boring traditionalist when it comes to comic book characters, and so it's like, oh, Spider-Man, give me my Peter Parker, right? Uh, Captain America is Steve Rogers, and I suppose sometimes that's true, but I'm so glad to be wrong. In this instance, where Peter Parker is out there, right? We get Peter B. Parker um, in a smaller portion in this film than we did in the original Into the Spider-Verse movie. But this is about Miles Morales. And now the Spider-Gwen, Gwen Stacy, and so many other versions of the Spider-Man character. And the creativity, like with the Spider-Man India. It's like, this is ludicrous and hilarious. And I want more of it. Right. It's great. So I, I'm i just delighted by the sheer inventiveness that comes with, okay, what could we do with this idea? Right. It's incredible. It's great. I think it's like the ultimate like homage to Stan Lee because when Stan Lee created the character, the whole point of it was like he wanted people to be able to – he's like Spider-Man wears a mask because – he wanted anyone to think that they could be Spider-Man. Yep. And this is like the ultimate love letter to that ideal. Sure. Because that's great. He's literally showing that everybody can be Spider-Man, that's including great. cats and T-Rexes. Well, and I appreciate so much to the we have seen, we have seen our share of movies and stories that are and characters that are microwaved, right? Not slow cooked, they're half-baked, they're Partially there, but by no means fully developed. And when you get the distinctive differences between even the design of each of these spider characters, like that takes some real intentional time, energy, and effort to where not only do they look different, but their spider attributes function differently. Right, the way in which they use their respective webs are different. Um, there are obviously some crossover and some similarities, but there's so many unique differences from Spider-Man India to Hello Hera to Miles Morales to Gwen Stacy to Jessica Drew. Like it's it's incredible. It's really, really a sign of whoever is putting this big masterpiece together. Boy, are they being very intentional. It, there's not any, I can't pick out a single, single aspect of it where you go, ah, oh, that was, that was really shallow. That was thin. We didn't think that one through, did we guys? None of it's cheesy. No. And Spider-Man no. has that room to be a little cheesy oh. and it was not cheesy. Yeah. What'd you think? 
So the characters are obviously outstanding. For you, there's a ton of characters to absorb. Was there was there a character or a character or two that were particularly uh, particular highlights for you? That's a great question. Um, I mean, Ben Riley for us was the most hilarious. Right. Right. Uh, man, I they did a really good job at continuing to flesh Miles out. Miles is becoming more and more confident. So to see his character growth with just one movie, yeah. you know, he's a year in as Spider-Man, and right. then he's like being told, you know, hey, this is going to happen whether you like it or not. Mm-hmm. And you weren't even supposed to be Spider-Man in the first place. And to come to that point where he's like, yeah, well, I might not have supposed to be Spider-Man, but I just like got the best of all of you. <laughs> and I still kind of am. So, And to see him be like, I feel like he is the most like Spider-Man in that moment too when that canon he gets told like your dad's gonna die that's a canon event you don't have any control over that and then to be like um, I'm gonna save him whether you like it or not I think that's the most Spider-Man move there is because it just goes in depth of you know Spider-Man is all about making the right choice and seeing I mean even when he doesn't think it's the right choice. So, I mean, I don't know. Miles is really good. I thought Gwen was fleshed out really well with her dad. The re- the relationship between her and her father was done phenomenally. Beautiful. Right. He's so, goosebumps right now, like just thinking back to those scenes. Yeah. That was really great storytelling. Oh, my. But, yeah. And, I, you know, I think Miguel was really fleshed out well, too, here. Just, I think those were the three main Spider-Men in this movie. Sure. Like, yep. I think Definitely Peter had B- the most time spent on those three. Right. Peter B. Parker took a back seat in this one, really. Mm-hmm. And, like, just seeing Miguel, like, you're like, oh, you know, it's actually within reason why you're doing what you're doing. It's not crazy. You've, you've made the hard choice in you have to save the universe. Yeah. And right now, Miles is making his what he thinks is the right choice and saving his dad. Yep. So it's like, okay, it's they're both reasonable. It's like, it's like Captain America: Civil War, where both sides were right in their own mm-hmm. sense. Mm-hmm. Not like Civil War in the comics, where Iron Man was completely wrong. But <laughs> correct, correct. Yeah, when when the motives and what drives each character is so well fleshed out to where use the audience member can understand the perspective regardless of what you know which character you tend to side with that is really solid storytelling it's not just this binary well this person is good and this person is bad when there is some actual genuine motivation that's been developed and it's shown right it's not just told this is a this is a storytelling principle that you have to show you can't simply when it comes to developing the, uh, the depth of a character, right? You can't just say, hey, so Miguel tends to be angry a lot. You have to show why. Like, why is he angry? What, what is the angst, the tension that's driving him? It's this, it's his history. He's it's, depressed. He's, he's right. straight up depressed. He's down. And when it shows why he is feeling this way, it makes him such a more such more empathetic character. Like you can actually relate to that. Doesn't mean you're going, hey, I want Miguel to gain the upper hand here and defeat Miles, but 
it does allow you to relate to his character. And so the conflict that comes about between Miguel and between Miles becomes that much more significant because you have two fully fleshed out characters. And that's great, great storytelling. So no question. I think for me, the character that I enjoyed, and this is definitely a product of where my expectations were compared to what was delivered, was the spot. I didn't think the spot was going to be worth a warm, hairy turd. And holy buckets, was I wrong? Like that was a, and will continue to be, a great adversary that not only is a phenomenal opponent for Miles Morales, but he's a threat to all of the Spider-Verse. And it's not a joke. <laughs> it's, it's not. And it genuinely like started out that way where he, the spot is completely awkward and unable to you know, really control whatever skills he could have. It seems like everything he's doing right is purely by accident. <laughs> like whenever he's, he's quote unquote winning, it's just a, oops, that, that worked. Wow. Didn't expect that. But to see the spot gain more and more aptitude and even purpose throughout the movie and then ability and just become this existential threat. Totally. Did not see that coming. So tip the cap to you, Sir Spot. That was that was impressive. Really impressive. I, it makes me want to go watch the first one just to watch him get hit in the face with a bagel. Because that's what I think this movie You're right. and the last movie's done so well is the writing in it. Because You're right. in the first one, you have the nod that the spider is not from their universe. Correct. Because yep. it's glitching when it first yep. is introduced. Right. Um, they showed this really cool. Everybody keeps talking about this, but when you see um he when he get after he gets bit by the spider right. and he interacts with Spider-Man, you see that behind him the colors are purple and green for mm. Prowler. Yep. And then it gets turned to blue and red as soon as he meets Peter. So indicating ah. that his like fate mm. has changed. Interesting. And so Interesting. the theory right now is that the universe that the spider was from that Miles was actually supposed to be Spider-Man, not yep. the Miles that is Spider-Man now. Yep. But yep. That, because, theory, that theory holds old water. Right, because Chris Pine's Spider-Man was supposed to be alive. Yep. Um, but yeah. uh oh, where, oh, that's great. Yeah. So it's but even on top of that, like having him be a character that was still present mm -hmm. in what happened in the first one. Right. But we're not, we don't care. Oh my he gosh, just gets no. smoked in the face with no. a bagel in the first one. But right. like to watch that turn into, I created you, you created me, mm -hmm. and now here we are. Mm -hmm. it, I think it'll be more fun to go watch the first one again and kind of watch to see if you can see where he gets mm. hit with a collider or, yep. Yep. Hit with, well, obviously hit with a bagel is hilarious, <laughs> but you know. Yeah, yeah, no question. Um, yeah, really, really impressive. This is probably as good a time as any years since we're on the topic of of characters. Okay, I I came across an article that was interviewing the Spider Verse uh, drivers or creators, Phil Lord and Chris Miller. Okay, and they had some in this article. They had some phenomenal, I thought, phenomenal takes. And as it pertained to the wider, you know, if we pull the scope back here a little bit, the wider superhero movie universe and what I don't think is unique to us, 
whether you want to call it superhero fatigue or just call it a big fat neutral response to a lot of movies in the last couple of years to perhaps negative, uh, Phil Lord and Chris Miller would say, hey, it has to do with the quality of those movies, right? It's not a, there's too many. That's not a quantity issue. It's a, what do we, you know, what caliber of content is being put out there? Okay, so I'm just going to read this quote real quick because I thought this was outstanding. So this is first Mr. Miller, okay, Chris Miller, and then we'll get to, to Phil Lord. So here, Chris, I don't believe it's superhero fatigue. I believe it's a, quote, movie that feels like a movie I've seen a dozen times before, fatigue. If you're using the same story structure and the same style and the same tone and the same vibe as movies and shows that have come before, it doesn't matter what genre it is. It's going to be boring to people. And then Phil Lord follows that up with, audience in the theater cannot be sustained on Easter eggs and reveals or even big, crazy multiverse stakes. They only care about the relationship like between Rocket Raccoon and Groot. I thought that was astute and it makes perfect sense hearing that, that, oh yeah, these guys just put together a movie that had, it had the Easter eggs. It does have, you know, multiversal sized stakes, but that's not why we're sitting here going, hey, this was fantastic. One of the best movies we've seen in some time. You know, we're talking and rightfully so about the characters. Because the character development and the story line are so well crafted and so well constructed. Um, that's, that's where it's at. That's absolutely where it's at. And so kudos to those guys for, for not having the initial success with Into the Spider-Verse and losing sight of what made Into the Spider-Verse great and not as what made it cross the Spider-Verse great. That's incredible. Really outstanding stuff. Yeah. What were some other, some other highlights for you from the movie? Good character talk. What other things stood out to you? I think that's about it. I just, I think when we look back, as it doesn't feel like a, like the first movie definitely can feel like a standalone, and this one yes, definitely feels true. like a part one and a part two. Yep. But yep. when when this is all said and done, looking back, this is going to be like it, they go so well together, and it feels like a cohesive like storyline entirely. So, and you know, for some trilogies, there's usually one part that struggles. Sure. But like for this, it just sure. feels like. It, it, it's smooth. It's yeah. a very smooth transition, at least from the first to the second one. And I'm assuming yep. two to three is going to be just the same. So I'm going to be more curious no to see where they jump off of after this, because they said the multiverse is done. Like they're done with this, this trilogy after this. So I don't know if I, they got a lot that they can do now. They open the door for Sony to be like, you know what, we can pick our own Spider-Man yep. and we can just do a solo movie on that and actually get a good response from it yep. because we've already like introduced it. Yep. So I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. I I think a couple just call it stylistic things that I really appreciated. The you know the artistry that comes with crafting the visuals in this movie. Just incredible. Just unprecedented. Right. And Part of what I thought this film fleshed out really well that we didn't get to see much of in the first movie, which 
which makes sense, right? It was set in one particular uh, one particular branch of the Spider-Verse. But when we're jumping from branch to branch of the Spider-Verse to see the different, um, like literally the different comic styles with each universe was so cool. Like Gwen Stacy's universe was almost weirdly two-dimensional as opposed to three-dimensional. It was just flat. A lot of the color was, it wasn't very vibrant. It was more toned down. See each different universe have its own different uh, artistic take was really well done. Like the really 1800s cool. vulture coming oh in. Oh my gosh. Looting Leonardo da Vinci missiles. <laughs> Again, bizarre. Bizarre. But that was really, really well done. And another thing that I think, especially thinking back on the first Spider-Verse movie and giving it its due as well, these two movies have done a great job with their soundtracks as well. Oh, yeah, for sure. Oh, my gosh. Like, that's that's something that I enjoy a lot about great superhero movies and when they do it. Not all superhero movies do, but when they capture a solid soundtrack, whether it's the Guardians movies, Dark Knight trilogy in its own way, right? Those are two very different examples of accomplishing the same purpose with different styles, but the principle is still the same. When you are able to, you're able to enhance the story that's being told when you are pairing the the visuals and the story with the right the right soundtrack. And that I thought was done exceptionally well again in this movie. So I was really delighted, delighted by that. So that was great. I'm looking forward to seeing our guys, Spider-Ham, Spider-Man Noir. That's wild. Um, the Penny Parker, yep. the robot upgrade. Yep. And by the way, I will say this. That's a more comic accurate upgrade. Oh, okay. And I'm all for it because okay. it looks badass. So because that first level one, up. right, because in the first movie, it was kind of like, I don't know. It was more cute than it was badass. Like, what are we doing here? I'm like, let it be the actual big robot. So I'm all for it. It looks sweet. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So I'm I'm pumped. Yeah. No, that's great. I I, I truly don't have any uh, any negatives. The one here you go. Here's the one not negative question that I have. All right. So our boy Hobie Spider Punk. I thought. All right. When he said, "All right, I'm out." This is probably about two-thirds of the way through the movie, right? And he opens up a portal to his, what we assume is his universe, steps into it, tosses his multiversal dimensional watch on the ground, okay? Did you see the same thing? You track with me so far? I think so. Okay. How then does Holby hook George Stacy up with the multiversal watch to give to Gwen Stacy? Did he just have two? He was stealing a bunch of stuff at one point in time. So my guess is he was stealing. Because I was wondering, I'm like, why is he just taking a bunch of crap? So he was taking, well, I'm assuming he, he was, was taking. It would be totally on brand with his anarchist nature. If he's right. doing, okay, everybody's supposed to have one. Uh, I'm going to have several. Right. So I think he made his own. Yep. And okay. then distributed it. Yep. Throughout to okay. whom he wanted to give it to. Okay. Knowing full well that he... My guess is he didn't agree with Miguel from the get-go. 
Right. So he's like, why does this guy have all the control? Right. Okay. And then he probably. But I didn't miss that, right? Like that wasn't something that was actually shown or revealed. No, you didn't. You okay. Didn't I think okay. it was. I, it, we'll probably see see some resolution there. In of the, him making it would be my guess. But yeah, okay. so my guess as soon as he saw Miles finally come in, he probably knew it was a matter of time for Miles to come in because it sounded like everybody knew he was the odd man out. Mm, mm-hmm. So my guess is he was waiting for that time and then mm-hmm. he's like, all right, now we go. Nice. Cool. Okay. That was the one that was the one question that I had as I was reflecting on the movie that I went, okay, wait a minute. That that wasn't explained. Doesn't mean it doesn't make sense, but it wasn't wasn't explained in the moment. Well, and he's a Spider-Man, so all of the, all of them are good with science, I think, right? That is supposed to be a prereq of the character, right? Technologically savvy, scientifically advanced. So, well, all right, all right, good. Anything else you want to hit on with? No, I think Cross Spider Verse. All right, well, outstanding, outstanding flick. All right, on to what is sure to be another equally outstanding flick. Flash. Yeah. <laughs> Go team. All right. Less of a sure thing. Less of a sure thing. Uh, as I've mentioned on previous pods, I have opened opened my heart. I'm ready to get hurt. Mine is closed. Yours is and impenetrable. Much more wisely closed off. I'm not gonna. This will be me in the theaters. <laughs> Channeling your seven-year-old man energy. Yep. Yeah, I'm going to be a grumpy old man. Yep. Yep. I'm going to take notes from my grandpa. Hey, at least you know it. Yeah, that's right. You know, he's good at it. So, mm-hmm. I think it's outstanding. So, so happy for you. So, so proud of you. Uh, I'm looking forward to this movie, and here's why. It's either going to surprisingly meet my hopeful expectations or it's just going to be terrible. It's going to crash and burn. And the one like shred of light to be drawn from it will be Michael Keaton. That will be the only good. That's the only good thing in this movie. I'm telling you right now, unless there is a surprise, you're taking a reasonable stance, unless there is a surprise cameo. You want to know who's going to save this movie? Martian Manhunter. Is that going to happen? It's not. Okay. No, it's no, not gonna happen. I wouldn't put my hopes on that. Nope, it won't happen. So I'm out. This is okay. Well, you're still going. I'm, I, you're still I'm going. Still you're sitting go. there with your arms crossed, grumpy look angry. on your face. But yes, I'm out. Nicholas Cage shows up as Superman. That would be worse. <laughs> Look, I love Nick Cage, but like, if there's no context. And Nick Cage shows up at Superman. I'm slowly makes it better. I'm clocking out. Slowly makes it better. No way. The hilarity of it. Can you imagine if that's Michael Keaton's Superman is Nicolas Cage? Yes. I can imagine. And it's it's nothing good, but it's hilarious. It would be incredible. I'd be so frustrated. Be incredible. Here's here's what I will say that for those like me that want to choose to be optimistic, okay, then I'm going to give all three of you. All, there are dozens of us. Dozens. Uh, I'm going to I'm going to choose to latch on to. The marketing for this movie, all of the trailers have not strayed outside of the boundaries of a very certain set of scenes. Okay? 
as I roll through my uh, historical Rolodex of trailers, I can think of movies that have shown too much, and typically that's that's not a that's not a positive thing. Again, this is not this does not mean the movie is going to be good, but good movies don't show the end battle scene over and over. So here, here's here's what's going to be a real a real strong indicator. Okay, if we're sitting in the movie theater and the scene where we're seeing Batman, the two flashes that we know of so far, and Supergirl battling Zod, and we're going, oh, farts. We're an hour and a half into this. This is the end scene. Uh, or the end, you know, climactic battle. We're probably going to be disappointed at this point in the movie. Okay, so I'm hopeful. I'm optimistic. I like the twist of uh, of the flashpoint that we think we're getting, like the little little sprinklage, if you will, of flashpoint where Barry's going back in time to save his parents, and we get a different, you know, version of Superman that's been cooped up in captivity. That's great. I'm here for that. I am I'm really curious, Riles, to see what, if any, because I think there will be some. I don't know how many. I don't know who. What additional characters that we have no clue are going to be in this one, hero or villain? Ryan Reynolds, Green Lantern. I actually wouldn't be against that. I would be more for that than Nicolas Cage returning as Superman. Let's just say that. Can we just get both? Can we just? <laughs> Let's just get both. Okay. So let's do let's do some predictions. All right. Wild predictions that are almost certain not to, not to be true. But that's why we do them, because it's more entertaining that way. Who's gonna live? Who's gonna die? Um, let's start with let's start with the Batman. Okay. So we get Ben Affleck's Batman. And we get Michael Keaton's Batman. Out of those two, do you think live? I doesn't exist anymore. What do you got? I can see Michael Keaton taking a bullet yep. at the end. Yep. You know, this is his last thing because he's like, well, this isn't the right timeline. So have fun. You know, I can see that. Um, I can see Ben Affleck just being done being Batman. I don't think he'll die, but I could honestly, if they're smart, they would have had another Batman planted, ready to go. The new Bruce Wayne the guy's going to take over. Okay. That would be the new Batman mm-hmm. moving forward. Mm-hmm. Okay. But then again, ideally, all three Barry Allens would also die and we would get a new Flash. Just for the sake of not having Ezra Miller. Yeah. <laughs> well, Flash just me. The look on your face right now is so, it would be, so sincere. It would be so amazing if uh, when he goes back through. Yeah. Flashes, and then mm-hmm. it's just a new Barry Allen chilling, talking to a new Batman. Boom. It's just like, oh, yeah. And it, they act like it never happened. Right. Yeah. I don't think either, I don't see either Batman, I don't see either of them dying. I don't either. In this movie. I, I really don't. I'm 50 50 on Keaton. I can see Keaton taking a bullet, but I can also th- them being like, no, if we're bringing Keaton back, he needs to go out in a blaze of glory and yeah. not die. Yeah. It feels, it, it would feel, here's where I'm at. I'm 80% he lives, 20%. If he dies, I'll go, okay, well, sure, I guess. But I see him die. I don't either. I want to see him make that sacrifice. Is he Bruce Wayne? 
Yes. Yeah, he probably is. I really want to hold to my conspiracy theory that he's Thomas Wayne, but he's not. He's Bruce Wayne. Here's what you would have to sell him, Mike Keaton on. Yep. Hey, you're not Bruce, you're Thomas. And he'd be like, why? I don't want to do they, this. They'd be trying to sell him on it the whole time. He's like, can I just be Bruce? And they'll be like, yeah. Yeah, you can just be Bruce. I know, I know. Bruce. I really want to hold firm to my original he stance. Bruce, right? He's gonna be Bruce. Yep. Okay. Um we'll, we'll get to we'll get to Barry Allen. We'll get to Flash last. Um Barry Allen's parents. Oh whoops. Wait. Dead. <laughs> yeah. So come back for five minutes and then they will die again. Right. And it'll be like all oh, this emotional scene. Well, technically, his dad doesn't die, his dad just goes to prison. Correct. And Dad gets thrown in prison, accused of his mother's murder. Right. Awkward. Because reverse flash, but yep. reverse flash is the thing they're gonna with yep. the dark Barry Allen, right. which uh, we'll see. We'll see. I think there's a chance you'll get surprised there, Fred. Nope. Yeah, there's a chance. I have no hope. No, you're closed off. Yep. Supergirl, live or die. Yeah. You gotta pick a side. You gotta pick a side. Here, here's the thing. You get. First of all, I just don't care. I know, but you got to pick a side. Here's where it's at. Is this going to be Supergirl moving forward with James Gunn? I don't think so. I don't either. Yeah, I don't think so. Why? Because she does not look like Kara in the comics. She doesn't. Sorry. That's why I'm like, nah. She looks more like the Lois Lane Superwoman or whatever. There's another Superwoman or something that she looks like, but not Kara Zor-El. Right. Is, is it Zorro? Yeah. I think she ends up dying too. But see, I don't even know if she dies. I can just see no. that being like, she's in that universe, they flash forward, and then it's over. You know what I mean? That's fair. That's fair. I, for some reason, I feel like she's going to end up making some kind of a sacrifice. I'm going to, I'm just going to predict that she's toast. I think she'll be fine. Because she's superwoman. Could work out that way. Okay. If you had to pick, if you had to open up your heart, just the tiniest little skosh. Not not a full, not a full open. Just crack the door, take a peek out. That's locked up pretty tight. Mm-hmm. Yep. So so go from Grinch sized heart to you know, there's there's life there. There's a chance. Who do you think you could see in this movie? All right, kind of getting away from the living and dying predictions. Who do you think you could see that would be unexpected? Who do you have just the tiniest bit of hope to see? I'm okay. So. For me, I think it needs to be somebody significant enough to the fan bases where they would be like, oh, wow, he's in this. Sure. So I'm thinking it's either going to be an established character, like Wonder Woman or Aquaman. Okay. Yep, yep, yep. They already confirmed Cavill's out. Gal Gadot seems like she's a mystery. So to me, Wonder Woman makes the most sense. Sure. Okay. Or somebody that's important to the Flash and the Flash's lore. So. Okay. A Green Lantern, yep, like a Hal Jordan, sure, would be phenomenal. Yep. Will it happen? Probably not. That's okay. But That's Green okay. Lantern, love your creativity so far. Or Great energy because of the CW. Grant Gustin. A no, I was going to say Green Arrow. Oh, okay, okay. Only because of the CW, because I don't think they're that close. Well, they might be all right in the comics. I don't know, but I feel like Hal and Barry yep. are a lot closer. Yep, yep. So, I think to me, it's more attractive if. You go Green Lantern. Got it. I think that's the most attractive for me. Got it. But I think the one that makes the most sense is Gal Gadot. Yep. Especially if you're already counting Henry Cavill out, which you did. Yep. I think the one that makes the most sense 
is a more ferocious Gal Gadot. Okay. Okay. But I like that. I I could see Aquaman showing up. I can too. In this one as well. I'm. I would like there to be. I would like there to be a adversary other than Zod. To show I agree. I think you need it. Yeah. Something that's significant to Barry. Yeah. Because it's not enough that Barry puts the universe at risk by trying to go back in time and save his parents. Like that's okay. Okay. Because you want to get to the, you know, come back to the fatigue question, right? We have seen these kind of stakes before, right? Uh, where, my gosh, the universe is at stake. Hey, all right. There's got to be more there. There's got to be something genuine that he is going to be fighting against, someone that he has to be battling against. And Zod has been battled before by Superman. He's a Superman villain. So we need some adversary of the Flashes in this movie, I think. And that's where I'm most, like, if I'm being really honest with myself, where I'm most nervous, like, I'm not sure we're going to get that. I'm, I'm hopeful. I'm going to be optimistic about it. But I'd love to be surprised with a reverse Flash showing up, who's been manipulating things behind the scenes. I would love that. It'll be an evil Barry Allen, and I'm not looking forward to yeah, it. Yeah, kind of feels... Kind of feels that way. It does. Do we have a runtime for this one? I don't know. Do we? Two, Two hours? hours? Uh, Two and a half hours? 224. Oh, dear God. It gives me more hope. Remember how devastated I was when we found out Ragnarok was less than two? Ragnarok, excuse me. Love and Thunder was less than two hours. Yeah, but that one had a lot more potential. That's what he was devastating about. That was what was devastating about that news, though. Yeah, but what if it sucks and then we're an hour in and I'm like, you can do what every other old man does and you can leave. That's. that's I can't. That's just, I can't for podcast reasons. You know I'm stuck in there. That's true. That's true. You can't get away. Uh, who knows? We'll see. We'll see. But I'm looking forward to seeing it. Anything else you want to hit on with The Flash? Not really. Yep. I'm, you know, I. What, what, how great would it be if two weeks from now we're sitting here and. Your mind has been completely changed. We've seen it and you've gone, Lord, I never saw that coming. How great would that be? If I like That's the beauty of low expectations. If I like the movie. Exactly. Exactly. What a clue that will be. I'm looking forward to it. Now I'm really hyped. Well, I'm really so, hyped to up. watch me eat my own food. Here's the thing. Are you going to watch Man of... No, I'm not, I don't want you to eat your own food. I just want you just to have this life experience where... You're cold and closed off. You said, no, I'm the Grinch. Christmas sucks. And bam, you get hit by some jolly old Christmas spirit. The freaking Who's in Whoville come out, start singing their song. Your heart expands. I have a feeling this is the alternate story where the Grinch just kills them all with an avalanche. That's where I'm at. Okay. Okay. Well, I'll be honest, that's, that's what you should have done, done the, in the first place. place. You know how annoying that singing gets after three? You, you they are, do that you every not, day. You are, not allowed, you are not allowed to Whoville ever. You're not invited. They go around the Christmas tree every day. Yeah, you should have just done an avalanche. Yep. Okay. Well, now we, we have a little view into your heart. <laughs> it doesn't exist. It's gone. Anyways. 
But no. two weeks from now, that would be a delight. That's all I'm saying. That's all I'm saying. What, what were you saying about Man of Steel, though? Oh, yeah. Are you going to watch Man of Steel? I'm all for, for it. You said you wanted to watch it together. You're right. So I've been holding off. You're right. Okay. Okay. Great. Great. Andre, we're going to figure this out. All right. So, I haven't touched it yep. because you told me not to. Yeah. Yep. That's, that's the reason you haven't watched it in, what has it been now, 13 years since it came out? I knew that one day JP and I would make a podcast. And I knew that I would want to rather watch that movie specifically with him. That is. How old was I when that movie came out? It was 2013, so 10 years ago. Oh my gosh, I was 15 years old. Yeah, all right. What a wee lad. There's. Just getting ready for sophomore year of high school. Oh man, that really puts things into perspective. That's some flash level foresight by you. Oh, that poor kid. Good for you. He needed a hug. Well, watch Man of Steel and you will be embraced, sir. Let me tell you. All right, let's move on. It is time for another classic JP and the Beans five. And it is appropriately flash themed. All right, so Beans, we decided, hey, let's rank our top five flash villains. Because as we just mentioned, boy, would it be nice to see a flash villain in the flash movie so curious if we see any of these uh potential potential villains any of these rogues we won't in the film maybe, right? maybe right? in the first five minutes we'll see like what will whoville reveal to us the weatherman or something the, the, the weather the weather guy. wizard yeah, yeah the weather wizard. Wizard. there you go there you go get it right the weather, weather wizard <laughs> i almost had him on my top five just for the sheer lunacy of the name like just just incredible i already hate the weather and you just decided to be the wizard of it you can't have any friends. He no can't. way. No. Why? No. So the Flash, just for a little context here, the Flash has a very, I'm going to say, colorful, is probably the cliche word, a diverse group of, of villains that are by no means, by no means, your A-list DC foes. Okay? These are... Minus one. I'd say one's A-list for sure. Yep. 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 The majority are living in the, the B and blue yes, ranks. BC. BC. Um, yeah, BC for DC. I thought it was funny. It really wasn't. But reg- regardless, it's I okay, tried. I'll remember forever. There Anyways. you go. Ah, thank you. Clip uh, that one on YouTube. Uh, <laughs> Done. Just for the sheer, I think, entertainment value, this was worthwhile. I mean, we're not going to list any you know villains here that are, wow, these guys are really great. But there's... There's some entertainment value here, so we're going to get into it. All right. You go first. Who is your fifth-ranked Flash villain? I got to go with Captain Boomerang, the Aussie. Same. Really? Same. Number five? Also number five. Yeah. Boomerang. And just mainly because he just seems like he's got a very punchable face. There have been like four of them, you know. There have been like three or four different Captain yeah, Boomerangs. Yeah. And why do you have to be the captain of the Boomerangs, right? Why can't you just be Boomerang? That makes more sense to me. But whatever, man. I like the That's Australian That's a really good accent. question. That is a really good question. Right? Why are you the captain? Right. Boomerangs don't have captains. Wait, we'll get further down that okay. hole, rabbit okay. hole okay. in a little okay. bit. But, I mean, like. The, the you got different boomerangs that's kind of cool right? right the australian accent is amazing no matter what you had the weird unicorn thing in suicide squad that i don't really want to get into but you know that's he's number five number five you got any reasoning you want to add to that it's just ridiculous yeah like okay 
So you're, you is the bad guy, all right? You, your opponent is the fastest man alive. And your act is to chuck a very difficult to control and manage object that is thrown by hand. And that if you miss, it comes back to you. Because that's the whole point of the boomerang. It's supposed to I'm starting to understand why there's so many of them because they probably just get smoked over and over. And the next guy who is dumb enough to think, wait, no, no, I got this. The other guy just, he missed this part of it wrong. Right. I just won't miss. No. I'll never no, miss. I'll hit him. I'll hit him and just boom, boom, boom. Now, you're right. The Australian accent is the one saving grace, but a bunch of idiots. How many times did the flash like grab the boomerang from him and Ask be like, every dude. You're going to die. Yeah. And then one time he's just like, you know what? You need, you need to learn. Yeah. Another one will come. Yeah. It's, it's incredible. It's incredible. I, I truly, truly can't believe. Seriously. Cannot believe that it's real. Cannot believe it. So, no. That's all I got for Captain Boomerang. I do think Marvel has a villain called Boomerang. So, that might be why they didn't do just Boomerang. I'm going to add the captain, but... All right. Well, my number four is Mirror Master. Okay. Okay. Uh, also, a little bit. Here's a really. I just just picked up on this. This is kind of sad, but I just picked up on this. Sam Scudder, uh, Irish or Scottish? I can't remember now. I think Scottish. Scottish. Boy, I'm just trying to do my for my research. He's got a really ugly costume. Oh, his green costume and orange. His costume is pure piss. That doesn't have it doesn't have anything to do with mirrors. No, it's terrible. Why is it green and orange? I could never figure that out. It's absolutely awful. But here's the thing: like you actually, he actually has a skill set that's worthwhile when he can transport using reflective surface. That's pretty. That's pretty great, right? So it doesn't just have to be a mirror. It can be a window pane. It can be a puddle. That is some sick teleportation ability. That's useful. Especially when your opponent, again, is the fastest man alive. You got the Scottish accent. So I'm all for it. Sam Scudder, Mirror Master, my number four. My number four. I've got Godspeed. Because when he Whoa, was yeah. because when he was first introduced in the comics, yep. that dude was a badass. Because a bunch of people got new speed force powers and he killed them all. To take their speed. And then they also learned that he could be, he's so fast, he can be in two places at once. That seems uh, kind of ruthless. Yeah. So, Godspeed number two. I think he's become more of an anti hero now because he's just so badass and suit. The white and the gold, that is a good suit. The Godspeed suit is sick. What a great name. Like, that. that's an imposing name. You've got Captain Boomerang. Okay. Mirror Master, not winning any rewards. And then Godspeed? Okay. Godspeed. That's pretty tight. That's pretty great. Yeah, because he's like, he's faster than Flash, mm -hmm. you know? Yep. Got it. Great choice. Great choice. All right, you're number oh, three. Back to number three. Yeah, yeah, oh yeah, we're boomeranging. Ha-ha! Back to you. I have Gorilla Grodd. Yes! Same! Also number, number three. three. Wow, we're yeah. like doing really good. Oh. Yeah, so I have the... Cosby and Buds. Right. I, there's something about a gigantic gorilla that has telepathy powers. Wow. Just smacking the flash around that it makes me enjoy life. I don't know. How on earth even came up with that idea? 
there's, there's a, a whole gorilla, gorilla city. city. Right. And, and he's the guy out of all the gorillas. <sighs> and he just wants to mind control people. Right? He's intimidating. He's dope. He is. He is. It's, it's, how did they get paired up? Right? Like the Flash and Gorilla Grodd? It's an odd pairing for sure. Because he's not fast. He's not slow. He's just mind control, I guess. But why did they make it a gorilla? Gorilla. It's one of those comics ideas where it's like, this never should have happened. But it worked. But it did. It worked. Yep. No, it worked out. It worked out. I love it. Okay. I'll go with my number two. Okay. So a little bit out of order here, but that's okay. Number two, this may surprise you. Number two is Reverse Flash. That's your two. That's my two. Wow. That's my which, two. Which one though? Eward? Yeah, Eward Thon. And that's part of why it's a number two for me is there's some awkwardness when it comes to the uh, multiple personas. Of the reverse flash, you've got Earbard Thawne, you've got Dr. Zoom. I feel like there's a third one in there that I'm missing. But regardless, uh, great there's, villain. There's so many. Yeah, gr- great villain. There's just uh, yeah, a few too many uh, folks wearing the same hat for me. Um, it always gets me, but I choose to make fun of. It's like, listen, if you're actually the reverse flash, you're the slowest man alive. Like, you're not, you're not just the the evil doppelganger of the flash. Like you're, shouldn't you, if we're going to take this pretty literally, shouldn't you be just comically slow, like sloth man, but then it kind of defeats the purpose of being an adversary. So I guess it's just supposed to be reverse flash in the sense that, Hey, the flash has always stood for good and I'm the reverse of him. Therefore I'm against him. So hashtag the spot from across the spider verse. That's my number two. Who's your number two? My my number two is Leonard Flipasnart. Yeesh. Yeah, I have uh, Captain Cold. And see, this is where my issue lies with the two captains. Because they're on the same team, but there's two right. captains. Right. And that doesn't make sense to me. No, there should not. not be two captains. No, there should not. So, but Captain Cold, you know, he, he's cooler than he looks. Right. Did there. Yeah, I mean, I do, I'm on a roll, and I don't mean to be doing it. it. No, yes. that's, that's where it's just flowing out of you naturally. That's great. But, like, he's smart. Yeah. He slowed down the Flash a couple of times with his intellect, you know? Mm-hmm. And I feel like him with the rogues has been more of a threat to the Flash than, like, Grodd and yep. all the others. So I got Leonard Snart. Totally agree. Totally agree. Okay. So you go with your number one, and then you're with my number one. And then you're going to go with your number one. Because okay. one is Leonard Snart. Captain Cold. Okay. Okay. So that's just kind of my unexpected. And here, here's why. And I'll fully, fully state that as it pertains to genuine, like, adversary of the Flash, this is not accurate. Reverse Flash should be number one. The reason I went with Captain Cold, okay, is my number one is in this here comic, Forever Evil. All right. The premise here is that a Injustice League, so the Evil doppelgangers of the Justice League come to Earth, wreak holy havoc, and a random smattering, random random collection, okay, of heroes and villains are left to try and defeat this this evil Justice League. Leonard Snart, Captain Cold, is one of the individuals that pairs up with Batman, Lex Luthor, Bizarro. Uh, Black Manta, it's just an absolute hilarious hodgepodge. But Captain Cold in Forever Evil 
takes out the evil Flash. Like, takes him down. I'm about to say, he kills him, doesn't he? Uh, even better, he doesn't kill him. He freezes one of his legs and then kicks it into tiny pieces. Like, freezes his leg, kicks it, and he freezes it, like, right in the middle. So, like, from middle of thigh to middle of shin. And then just gives it a good old kick. And all of a sudden, uh, Flash, not so fast. It's incredible. And what he says, okay, I'm going to give it a little quote here, a little, little Leonard time. Leonard's taking shade at this time from the evil Flash because the evil Flash thinks, hey, I've got him. I've got this Leonard dude toast. I'm about to kill him. And Leonard, he's making fun of his cold gun, okay, which is what Leonard wields, right? He's saying, oh, you suck. You just have this lame-ass freeze gun. He's like, no, no. It's a cold gun, not a freeze gun. And the evil Flash goes, well, same difference. To which Leonard says, no, it's not. A lot of guys shoot ice, but I don't freeze things. I eliminate movement altogether. I stop Adam's cold. I'm the man who mastered absolute zero. And then he initiates a voice trigger on his cold gun because he doesn't actually have the gun in his hand. The evil Flash is holding it. But Leonard has installed and created his own voice trigger. And so the gun fires, freezes the evil Flash's leg, and then Leonard does the kick move and walks away. Doesn't even bother finishing him off. That's pretty badass. Yeah, it's, it's one of the coolest, coolest bad guy comic scenes I have ever read. So when that happened, like, Leonard, that's impressive. Well, I think we know that I have Eobard. I think we do, because it's about Eobard. Well, the fact that he went back in time, let the flashpoint happen, you know, and then he, I mean, he did get stabbed through the chest with a sword, but like, just to let Tommy Wayne, right, just to let Barry do that, knowing full well that it would mess the timeline up. And then, you know, he's also responsible for his dad being framed for his mom's murder. And so to me, he's been so integral in the flash and his origin you have to go back to the idea like Eobard hates Barry so much that he would be the guy to sneak a laxative in a brownie just so he would poop his pants at a random point in time and ruin his day. Like, he's petty, dude. Like, you have Joker and Batman, and to them it's a game, and Eobard's just like, I hate your entire existence. I want you to struggle even when it's simple. Well, and it's wild, like, the premise of the character of Eobard in particular is pretty wild that he's from the future, like, the distant future. And he wanted to be a good guy. Right. He wanted to be the Flash of the future, and then Barry messed it up somehow, some way. Blames Barry for it, but I don't think it was actually Barry's fault. But well, it was Eobard's fault right, entirely. Right, but the fact that he intentionally, like, travels back in time to enact this misguided vengeance... On Barry Allen, and to your point, just the pettiness and oh, just a herd of a person. Great bad guy, though. Great Fantastic. Guy. Yeah. So, yeah, for me, to have that, one. that level of pettiness. Yep. Just yep. in that integral to a character's creation. Yeah. Yeah. I think I got to go with him. Yeah. There, there's some fascinating, you know, Barry Allen, the character was. Not a thing in the comics for a long stretch of time. He, Barry, perished, allegedly, during the Infinite, was the Infinite Crisis? No, Crisis on Infinite Earths event from the 80s. And 
straight up wasn't in comics. It was Wally West rolling as the Flash for the longest time. And then sometime in the mid-2000s is when Jeff Johns chose to bring Barry Allen as the Flash back. And it's been too many years now since I've read that re-origin, if you will, story of the Flash. But naturally, Earbard Thawne reverse flashes uh, deeply uh, influential and intertwined in that uh, in that story. Well, Wally West is my Flash. Yeah, yeah. exactly. No, because for all of the 90s, that's I was your Flash, Wally West. Barry Allen was just a ghost of the past. So pretty wild stuff. Pretty wild stuff. Love it. All right, Beans. That, uh, I think that takes us to the uh, to the finish line. The Flash movie, it's coming up two weeks from now. We're going to be sitting here. You're going to be in just, you're going to be crying happy tears. That's my prediction. I have Destined feeling, to be wrong. I have a feeling this is going to be my case. I'm going to do one of these and be like, you want to talk about it? <laughs> That's my prediction. It's going to be so entertaining. It's going to be so entertaining for us to discuss regardless of whether it's outstanding or dumpster fire, because it won't be anything in the team. Can you imagine if it's like right smack dab average? Oh, I'd be, and then it would be worse. And then you and I that would be worse. <laughs> are split. Yeah, that would be worse. I want it to be either amazing or just hilariously terrible. Like be Green Lantern awful or be phenomenal. Right. Yeah. Yeah. That's great. That's great. Looking forward to it. All right, what well, else we got for the good people? I think that's it. That's I think it. we wrap it up. Agreed. It's time. So, if you like this content, subscribe to us on YouTube. Hmm? Hit the like button. I think that's a thing that people like to do. I've been told. Yeah. And then, uh, you know, obviously we're all on podcast streaming everywhere. You bet. Uh, if you've got a TikTok, go follow us at Magic Beans Productions. If you like listening to me talk, which I can't blame you, my voice is pretty sexy. How can you not? Um, I got another podcast, Spill the Beans. Get it. And then... Um, and then we're on Instagram for both of those and on YouTube for both of those. Love it. And that's all I got. Love it. Thanks for listening. What a delight it is to be back in the seat. Saul, appreciate you keeping it warm for me. We'll have you back on again soon. Well, on that note, Godspeed. Peace.